Hey Radiant, this is our sixth week of Church Online and I wanna take this opportunity to introduce you to our guest speaker today. I asked John Knack, he's one of our elders as well as a retired pastor who pastored for many years. Uh, I knew that he would be able to bring a, a pastoral message and encourage us today. So I asked him to share and I know that you'll be blessed by this message. So uh, would you welcome John Knack? Good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining us here at Radiant Christian Life. I have the privilege of being able to share a short message with you this morning. And it's certainly something I think that you'll find is helpful at a time that we all struggle with what's going on around us. I've titled my sermon, Connectedness, Our Need for Connectedness. You might say, well, that doesn't sound like a very good word. But as I was thinking about what we're all dealing with and we're going through, Connections have been changed for us. Uh, the connections that were comfortable, that fit with us, that we enjoyed doing, some of those have been ripped away. And we're, ha we're having to find new things to do and new ways to do it. In fact, today, as I was preparing to come and record this, I thought of how well am I connecting with my family? And I called my sister and found out some things that are going on in my family's life that I was very glad I did make that connection. What's interesting is some of us are trying to figure out, hey, I like sports, I can't watch live sports. So last night, the NFL draft was on and I was trying to find the details for it, but they said that uh, four of the top 10 markets had about a 50% increase of viewership from last year because we're trying to find new things to do. I'm gonna share this for those that are a little bit older like myself with a little bit of gray hair here maybe but when I was a kid, we had to use rabbit ears sometimes to tune in the television. Some of you will remember that. Oh, the, the signal's not quite right, so I've got to adjust the rabbit ears. Uh, for those of you that have the old AM radios in your cars, you had to tune it very carefully or you'd get this wild, fuzzy sound. Probably the closest thing we have nowadays is when your cell phone won't give you a good signal and you think, wait a minute, I've got to move, I've got to find a new signal. So in essence, we're trying to figure out a new way of connecting. The challenge for our church is, how are we able to connect with each other? This is a wonderful venue. We get to share worship together for a short time. We get to hear a message. We get to pray together. We got to share communion together. It connects us with one another, but most importantly, it connects us with the one who wants to connect with us. And that's what we're striving to do all the time. There's a verse I read this week in one of my devotionals. I wanted to share it with you. It's from Psalm 138. And it says, Though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou wilt revive me. The New Living Translation, one of my favorites, says, Though I am surrounded by troubles, you will protect me from the anger of my enemies. You will reach out your hand, and the power of your right hand saves me. And I love the fact that the Hebrew in that rendering, if you took it most literally, it would say to go on in the center of trouble. So trouble can be going on all around us, but in essence, we still have to keep plugging away. We have to keep doing things that allow us to focus our time and our energy on the things that are truly important. And if anything, I think what a lot of us have learned over the last, what, over five weeks now, because Pastor Jerome told us that uh, this will now be the sixth service, I believe, that we've recorded and will be sharing online. 
that we're finding a new way to do things. It doesn't quite feel exactly right yet, but it's allowing us to connect in an important way. I'm reminded of the story of Martha, and I believe that Pastor Jerome shared this not too long ago, where Martha was frustrated with her Lord and Savior. She loved Jesus. She knew that he was the master, the teacher. But she was discouraged by something that had happened. She was upset with her Lord. And I'm only going to give you a snippet of it, the story you can go back and investigate later. But she said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And Jesus, instead of correcting her, met her where she was at in the midst of her trouble and gave her a new promise. And he said, but Martha, your brother shall rise again. So even when we're walking in the center of trouble and we're tempted to think, even as Martha did, that the time for our deliverance isn't here or maybe we've missed it. Maybe it's gone beyond us. God wants us to stop and say, wait a minute, I've given you a promise that I will be with you in the midst of trouble because we know that he is the one that's going to revive us. Martha learned that. That's recorded for us. It's a story that reminds us that God will never forsake us, that he's always with us, no matter what we're going through. But sometimes I find myself coming to God in a mindset of, oh, I'm in trouble now. I better ask God about this. Or, oh, this isn't going well. I, now I better ask God. Instead of preparing the way I should each time, I wait until something comes upon me and then I say, okay, I better get, get God involved in this. And it reminds me of something that Jesus was teaching his disciples. All of them were there and they were all a little bit unsure about what was happening. And the story is in John chapter 14. And I want to read about the first eight or nine verses that talk about Jesus speaking to us. And this was right after the Lord's Supper. So he had gathered the disciples together. He was going to impart to them some very important lessons that all of us understand. And it resonates very deeply with us. He said in verse 1 of John 14, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. For in my Father's house are many rooms or many mansions, the King James says. And if it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come and take you to be with me so that you also may be where I am, that you may know the way to the place where I am going. Excuse me. He says, you already know the way to the place where I'm going. And Thomas, one of our favorite apostles, he said, Lord, we don't know where you're going. So how can we know the way? Have you ever felt like that? Well, I know what God says, and I know what God's promised me, and I know what the scriptures say, but sometimes it feels like what God has said to me or what God has promised isn't quite working out that way right then. But Jesus, again, in his loving way, spoke again to Thomas and said, I am that way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. For if you really knew me, you would know my Father as well, from now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip then spoke up and said, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. And Jesus answered, Don't you know, Philip, 
even after I have been among you for such a long time. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? The connection that God promised us, that he said you and I would all be given as his disciples, that he said if we would plug into him, if we would connect to him, that he would connect us to the body, the body of Christ. We understand that as the church was formed. But Jesus went even beyond that and said that you and I would be able to be connected to the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And that's in verse 23 of John 14. I wanted to share that part as well. Jesus answered later on in chapter 14 of John. He said, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and we will make our home with him. So in other words, we've been included in God's family. What more connectedness could we have than with the power the authority, the lordship of the universe, God has invited us and said, we will now be a part of it. Even those times when we feel disconnected or we feel left out or we're unsure of what's happening, God says, I have included you. You're connected to the family. So we don't have to wait for an emergency. We don't have to wait for uh, the medical kit to pull it out and use it because something's not working or we think it needs to be fixed. But the reality is God says, I'm with you in the midst of trouble. I'm with you no matter what is going on in your life. And here Jesus gently had to remind his disciples that he was with them and that he had already revealed to them the Father because as he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Oswald Chambers said some interesting things. I love reading uh, many of the writings of Oswald Chambers. He talks about the fact that as we go on through life, we're wasting away. Our bodies are getting weaker. He calls it, he says, losing heart at times. Our bodies decay. Uh, our natural life is ebbing away. And I think one thing I've learned so much these last couple months is the things that I thought were somewhat important aren't nearly as important. The things that truly are important is the fellowship with the Father and Son and Holy Spirit. My spiritual family that I want to be connected with, that being taken away really, really bothers me because I think during the week, boy, I wish I could, oh, I'll see them. Oh, wait a minute, I won't see them at church this week. And then I think about how am I trying to connect with those people? Well, I pray for them. I've called some people, I've emailed a few, I've texted some. But in essence, it's caused me to stop and say, what are the important things? And am I, am I connecting to those things that are truly important? And as one man said, worrying does not take away tomorrow's troubles, but it does take away today's peace. And a friend of mine shared this uh, recently in a little thing that he posted on Facebook, he says, fear does not stop death, it stops life. And isn't that something that we can stop and reflect on? You and I have been given a new mind, a new mindset. God has called us to live a different way because Jesus Christ not only paid our sin, paid for our sin, I should say, he paid the penalty for it, He's made us new creations or new creatures. 
And Paul encourages us in Romans 12, verse 2. He says, Be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. It kind of gives us a new perspective, doesn't it? Uh, to think that, wait a minute, my mindset has changed now. I need to look at that a little bit differently because God wants us to recognize that our lives are incorporated with his. Christ lives in me. The life that I now live, I live because Jesus Christ gave himself for me. One of my favorite uh, resources is A.W. Tozier. And he made a comment that really resonated with me. He said, worshipers never leave church because we carry our sanctuary with us wherever we go. So we've struggled somewhat in trying to figure out, okay, we're making new connections. Some of our connections, the easy ones, oh, I, I'm going to church today. Get up Sunday morning, prepare to go to church. Now we have freedom to say, well, is it convenient for me to join? Real difficult, of course, I'm saying, right? I have to turn on the computer or use my phone and I'm gonna log into the Radiant Christian Life website. No, it's not that difficult, but it's different. It's a new connection. But we struggle sometimes to find this new way and, and figure out how it fits me, how it fits our church. Pastor Jerome has done a great job, I think, of helping us to see a way that we can stay connected because it's so important for our spiritual health and it allows us to be able to connect with our community and make a difference for the kingdom. So we are the sanctuary wherever we go. Tozer also quotes from Paul in 2 Corinthians 12 and verse 10, where he says, even when things are difficult and we have to go through things that are not pleasant or not easy, Paul said, therefore I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities and persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake, for when I am weak, yet then I am strong. And the literal translation of that verse, I love when you can unpack sometimes what the Greek or the Hebrew is saying. The literal translation of that verse makes a very startling emphasis. It says, therefore I take pleasure in being without strength, in insults, in being pinched, in being chased about, even in being cooped up in a corner. Have you felt that way over the last few weeks? For Christ's sake, for when I am without strength, then I become dynamite. That's the Greek word. It means to be dynamic, to be like a stick of dynamite. I don't always feel that way. But if we're connecting to that power, the power of the universe that Jesus said is freely given to us because he did it for us and connects us to the body, that's the way we can live. So the secret of this divine self-sufficiency means that we end ourselves and we connect to the one who gives us life. He's the one that makes it all possible. We don't then need to ask for sympathy and say, oh, woe is me, I don't have enough strength to do that. These circumstances are difficult. Rather, we're reaching a place where we recognize that I can't do this of my own resources. I have to do it from the resources that God gives me. George Matheson, again, one of my favorite uh, devotional preachers, speakers, said, I came to that point in my life where I recognized that I had never thanked God for the thorn in my life. 
I had thanked him a thousand times or more for my roses, but never once for my thorn. And I'd been looking forward to a world where, where I would get compensation for my cross, but I missed the fact that I didn't see my cross as itself a present glory that God had given to me. So what are we going through? What are we learning? These connections that have been jumbled, changed. It's like that radio I'm trying to retune. It's like trying to uh, adjust the rabbit ears and get the signal to come in. Oh, wait, my cell phone's not working. I'm going to go find a spot where it's going to work again. God's giving us these connections. We are the body of Christ. We get to interact with one another, sometimes in challenging ways, but as God makes them available to us, we're going to grow through it. The church will be stronger, and I believe we will come out better able to connect with more people. So then I want to go back to John 14, kind of where we began today. John 14, it's, it begins in verse 1 where it says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Jesus said to his disciples right after they got up from the Lord's Supper and thought, what's happening? What's happening to our master, our Lord and Savior? He said, don't worry about, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, trust also in me. And then he ends this section in verse 27 by saying it again. He said, don't be anxious about things. Rather, he said, peace I leave with you, verse 27. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Why? Because we've been given that eternal connection that Jesus Christ made possible. We celebrated together Easter just a few weeks ago. And now we're in this season of the year where we say, okay, Easter's behind us. Now I'm supposed to be a new creation, a new creature. I'm living a new way of life. And boy, we've been challenged. We're living new ways in a new kind of life. But God has something wonderful for us. The last verse I want to share with you today is to be reminded that we don't have to use God as that emergency medical kit. He's there available to us all the time. Hebrews 4 and verse 16 says, Let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God so we can receive help and mercy and find grace to help us when we need it most. That's what God has provided for each one of us. If you're struggling with certain things or you want to reach out to someone, uh, please connect with our church. You can reach out to Pastor Jerome. You can reach out to Associate Pastor D. Uh, the church is here. We'll pray for you. If you have prayer requests, whatever you would like, we're here to stand together with you. And if you'd like to just talk with somebody about salvation and say, wait a minute, can God really forgive me? I've got all this baggage. Oh, yes, he forgives all of us. Reach out to the church. We have people that would love to talk to you about that. Pastor Jerome, Pastor D, the church is here. We're a resource for you. We care about you. Please join me in prayer. Father, thank you for the privilege of reminding us that we belong to you. We belong to your family. And Jesus said that you would come and make your home in us. Thank you for that. Thank you for that wonderful truth. Thank you that you call us your sons and daughters. I thank you, Father, that we have a healthy church that cares about each other, that we're striving to be your children as a light in this world. 
We thank you for that privilege and that opportunity. We ask you to guide and direct us and help us to become even more effective and to be tools, Father, that can be used by you. And we ask and pray all of this in Jesus' holy and righteous name. Amen.